Have you ever been excited about a big idea or felt motivated to act on a cause that really lights a fire beneath you? But then the fear of judgment, not knowing the next steps, and just overall self-doubt get in your way? Then you are in the right place. Hello friends, and welcome to Driving Well Indigenous. I'm your host, Jill Featherstone. In this podcast, we will hear from movers and shakers and change makers who are out there doing the work and have come to share their stories to help make our journeys just a little bit more easier. So buckle up and let's get started. All right, welcome to the podcast. Today we're joined by The Resilience. So The Resilience is a music duo and it was founded by Lisa Muswagen and Carmen Omiso, who is also known as Helen Back. So the resilience is a new sound of hip hop with indigenous flavor. Their style consists of Helen Back's fire flow of timeless lyrics, while Lisa finds the beat of the sound adding a fresh new wave to the scene. With respect to the understanding of the cultural component, the resilience wanted to ensure their ancestors are honored in music by sharing the narratives and stories of the intergenerational impacts of residential schools. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you for having us. (laughs) All right. So before we get started, I want to take you back and uh, just to take everybody back. So Lisa and I have known each other for a really, really long time. Lisa is somebody who I consider my lifelong friend. We started school together. I remember we were just a bunch of young girls and there was a little group of us. Say We were starting school at University of Manitoba, trying to figure out what we wanted in this big world thought we were gonna you know go find it in um at the u of m turns out i don't know we didn't quite find it there but what we did find (laughs) is is, uh was a lasting friendship and a great friendship you know i even remember i remember when you first met carmen and i remember you telling me about him he had a different name at the time it wasn't helen it was kool-aid kool-aid the the chubby Mm. creek and I remember <laughs> you telling me about him and, you know, you're just uh, excited, excited about this new relationship. And <laughs> and then I remember the morning of your wedding, you guys got married in Las Vegas. And I remember <laughs> texting you that morning and wishing you, you know, well on your big day. And it's like, so cool that you guys went to Las Vegas to get married. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been a fun time. Like when, when we went to Vegas, there was a lot of circumstances to why we did it but at the end of the day it was about us you know mm-hmm. we, that was supposed to be about us our day and, and no one can take that away from us so we just went to vegas and made it official mm-hmm. oh, my dad didn't want me to marry a rapper no I'm just <laughs> <laughs> well at least he could say dad he's the best native rapper in the country <laughs> 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 So before you became the resilience, and we're going to get to that soon, but I want to talk about the early days because you both had such a journey and such a history um, before, you know, you became this duo. So what were, what were the early days like and who wants to go first in in your journeys? Well, I'll go first. Um, Like going from, I guess, the, the university of Manitoba, um, I did find a lot of traveling in my cards at the time, but also too, I was really getting in touch with um, the native fashion scene. Mm-hmm. Um, the social media was just starting to build and locally in Winnipeg, there were fashion shows. Um, I did some work with an artist, Linus Woods, who featured me on one of his um, pieces, which actually 
blew up with the win. It ended up getting featured on bus shelters in Winnipeg, and it was for the Winnipeg Art Gallery. And so all of a sudden, I got labeled as this native model, and and then um, I got invited to like these small fashion shows. And then pretty soon, I find myself coordinating them, and mm-hmm. then kind of getting thrown in that seat to help coordinate because. Just by that one picture, like people thought, oh, there's that native model. And so that was like in the early 2000s, it was more like word of mouth kind of thing. Right. And so and so I jumped into that in Winnipeg. I got more involved. I started um, I met up with a company called Native Model Studio in the southwest and we would meet in Toronto. And then I just started going on with the fashion scene around then we started networking with other fashion designers, models, videographers, photographers, just any creative native that was part of native fashion. And so we wanted at that time was because social media was just starting out. We were under that stigma still that people thought we lived in teepees. And and so uh, like anytime we were seen online, I would be like saying stuff like, like, yeah, like, oh, what are you doing? I hear, you know, do you still live in teepees? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm sitting by the river, combing my hair with the fish bowl, filling up <laughs> the animal bladder with water to take home to my people, you know. <laughs> so there was that stigma of us being like that. And so in the beginning of the social media part, that's where we were like, okay, we want to prove to other people that you know, there are no borders that exist, that we are one people, many nations, and that we can be on these platforms just like everybody else. And at the same time, um, I I would meet Carmen and he would be heavy into the the native hip-hop music, but we have a native hip-hop fact. (laughs) (laughs) This is a a good fact. It's a really good fact. So I, me... Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I, I I actually was on the album of the first native hip hop um how would I the, 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 the godfather of native yeah. hip hop. Yeah. His name was Taco at the time. And this is like late freaking nineties, mid nineties or something. Uh, it was like early but he was a native was... hip hop artist and we would see him in the newspapers. And so he managed us for a bit because I was a contemporary hand drum singer at the same time. I did a lot of hand drumming in the community since I was like a teenager. I was really into the powwow stuff like when I was really young. Um, I was mostly into the singing. So I would get put on this album. And then um, so that's where kind of music like I always had this interest in music, the drum. My dad was always like, you have to keep it traditional. But I always had these contemporary ideas going on in my head and so it wasn't until I met Carmen where I would start exploring that more so that's part of my stuff before as we would start meeting yeah before we started meeting me I've been in, in like I've been in the industry in the game in this native rap music since before it was even called native hip-hop we, we coined the phrase native hip-hop in Canada I know there were some natives doing it in the United States at the time. Uh, I got to meet them, you know, chill out with them and whatnot. So shout out to Lightfoot, you know, Red Cloud, Superman. Mm-hmm. They all, they all, and, and in turn became started becoming friends. Like we became colleagues. At first, it was like you know, who's the better hip hopper? We all like you know, feeling each other out. But at, it just ended up being friendship, you know. So when 
I was a war party at the time. I was Kool-Aid the Chubby Creed. Uh, war party was, you know, we're from Hobima, Alberta. Shout out to Rex and Cindy and all them. And we took the world, like, Canada by storm. You know, uh, War Party, we became the first natives to get a video fat grant, which means we're the first natives on much music for hip hop. Wow. So, you know, so after that, like I had, I had, I gave nine years of my life to War Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had like, you know, I had friends back home, all that other stuff. But then there came a time when just some personal rifts, you know, some personal things started happening in between the group and myself. I just grew apart. We grew apart. And it was just like, I felt that Alberta wasn't big enough for a native in a sense. You know, like I, I felt I did everything I could from the rest. And I met Lisa at a show, one of our shows. <laughs> and it was awesome when I met her. I, I was trying to like get her attention by throwing CDs at her. This one, we had CDs back in the day, you remember? And I was at a student at U of M and uh and she she came to one of my shows our shows and I, I was throwing CDs her way it's trying to get her attention because I, like I seen her walk in and like they were cassettes tape cassette tapes no just kidding <laughs> I, I see her and like everything kind of just went like like my focus was just on her even during during my show and I remember throwing CDs her way and people were just like diving for these CDs, like literally like jumping head first at her feet for these CDs. And she didn't even budge. <laughs> she didn't even move or notice I was I throwing these CDs. No, I'm not. So but that was the first time that I met her. And then um, seeing me, seeing, seeing her. And then I went and followed her and talked to Creepily her. to the washroom. And then, from then on, we got to know each other. We, we started uh, talking to each other through text. And this is when like, Cell phones are just getting big with text. So yeah. it was like 50 cents of the text. It sounded like we were burning up the texts, you know, we were burning up like just minutes on phones and, <laughs> and this and that. And cell phone plans. Cell phone plans. Be that there wasn't even unlimited text messaging. And, oh and at, the time, at the time, at the time I was I was parting ways with War Party. Uh but then I met another a group that I already knew that was starting to bubble when it was called uh, Team Reservation. And it was uh, my man Stomp. He used to produce for War Party. He was like the main producer for War Party. But he left War Party two years prior to when I left. So when he left, he ventured and did a bunch of different stuff. Uh, and then he met up with a producer named Jay Mac, Jason Mackinac. And they, in turn, uh, had guys that they produced. And one of them was Dreesus. Another one was Big Slim. And another one was Lake Saki. These were all artists different from like different parts of the United States and Canada. You know, Lakes was from California. No, Lakes was from Utah. No, Utah. Anyway, they're all from different parts of the, of the country. So we, they all ended up flying in one night and they were, were in Hobimo over at Stomp's house. And this is just like by chance. I, I, finished, I just left War Party. Tom and them were like, you should just come over here and record. You know, come over here and let's see what we're gonna what we can do. And I went over there and the rest is history with them. You know, we just started making song after song. It was like uh, like a machine, you know, like we were doing music 24-7, 365. And it became everything and like radio interviews, shows, traveling, like everything. But when in the beginning it was a 24-hour machine of, of making music. Like, we were constantly making music. And then when right. uh, when Lisa invited me to come to 
Winnipeg. I asked you to come visit. Yeah. <laughs> when she invited me to come to Winnipeg, I it came for one long visit. I came with a bag, and then that that turned into a house. <laughs> no, but then like it just it just expanded what we were doing because mm-hmm. when when I got to Winnipeg, it's like and I arguably challenge any of these Winnipeg artists to tell me wrong. When I got to Winnipeg, I kind of lit a fire under the scene's ass, you know, and I made sure that motherfuckers knew that natives were here and we were going to be something to, to reckon with. You may think that you're the coolest rappers in the world until you meet us. You know, my whole focus was get the, the greatest fucking music up that we can do. And it's just, we'll, we'll see where it goes, you know? And there was some really questionable shit because there was like, like, but in the end, music, like I said, was was everything. And it was 365 Endeavor. And at the time, there was like trends. Yeah, there was a lot of trendy shit, a lot of street amp shit, this and that kind of shit, you know, and the record labels that we were with wanted certain sounds and certain this and that. You know, uh, there was like, if you listen to like Keep On Moving, that's a very positive song, you know, and it was one that really jumped us off. But then everything after that was kind of, you know, street based and this and that, because that's what the label wanted, you know. But at the end of the day, we just made music and uh, it was it was something that just changed my life. And we were we were in Winnipeg. And then so now we're we're in Winnipeg. We're together. And then um, he got he got involved with the Striker Project. And this is where I would. (laughs) This is where I would um, start introducing my music. Yeah. And um, one of the songs that came out of that was a strong woman song, which like accidentally got viral online and got like washed out throughout Canada. And it was just a recording. It was a song that I, it was a, a broken up song that I heard in the early nineties. Yeah. And um, I broke parts of that song to make it sound like it was a song. And then I formatted into the powwow style because at the time, like, I was really into music, but my dad wanted me to keep it traditional, right? right? And so my contemporary mind came up with this song after hearing a recording. And this recording was women singing, but it wasn't consistent. It was just, like, chanting, and it was on a cassette tape. And then so I, I formatted into a powwow song where it would have a lead, a verse, half a verse and four push-ups and then um my friend actually put it online it was put online without my permission and then just kind of went off from there so that would be the first part I would learn about the music part of business (laughs) that would be my first learning lesson of the industry and music because it got it got taken from you Uh, somebody else took credit for that right yeah and if you look it up online now it's under various native artists (laughs) with my name on it so it's and and other artists sing the song in my format that i made that was put online so if you hear any strong woman song out there from any of these artists they got it from her but they don't give her props for it which is kind of yeah and then so i since then I've been asked by many of the people doing documentaries, organizations, MMIW. I recently said no to, um, well, I didn't say no. I asked for um, an an honorarium for it, for the um, Corrections. Mm, Yes. Corrections Corrections. Canada. Corrections Canada. And and as soon as I asked for a monetary compensation for my song, then they were like, okay, well, we're not going to use it. Yeah. Okay. And so that, that was, that, these are more lessons I started learning about music and the industry and 
through Carmen's experience and then um, just through like, I started seeking an interest in accounting. Yeah. Which made me intrigued about business. Mm. And so I started learning about the music by watching everything that was going on. And then we would have like our pink parties and stuff like that. And so we would start seeing like, just, it was, it was kind of like, um, it was kind of shitty to go through some of those experiences because it was just me planning a lot of the things, Yeah. but I'm really thankful for those experiences because it helped me understand the industry more, you know, it helped me understand the trends of music and just growing up because we ran the pink party for a good 14, 15 years. And then with the stop of the pandemic, then maybe we might do it again next spring. So there's always that talk. It's it's always been an event. And for me, that event always was a space for Indigenous artists. I wanted Indigenous artists to have that platform to showcase their music, you know, at the world's biggest power, you know, mm-hmm. for example. that That's what it was in the beginning. And then it started growing, growing, growing with, you know, other, other or how do I say it? other events. When the, the pink party's hosted, is that always you or have other people taken it on? It's always me. Oh, it's always me and my partner. Yeah. Sure, my partner, Larry Price. He's from New Mexico, from the Navajo Nation. And he's also my mentor. And when I first started looking into Native fashion in the early 2000s, he would be the one I would find. And we met in Toronto. And then since then, he's mentored me and works alongside with me to this day too in the fashion like I guess we'll get into the other parts later like the things you want to do in the future because I still have that company it's just I took some time off to also go back to school to get um, my degree in business and a degree in communications and writing to kind of like have all that background and just like another thing that I found in Indigenous music was there's a need for like indigenous accountants mm-hmm. you know, so to the help. financial yeah. behind you know behind the creative the creative people yeah and so at, at some point maybe I want to gear towards that you know getting uh, a young collective together so we can start taking on those projects for these artists that always need help in that that financial literacy and that financial management and you know so there's a lot of ideas aside from that that we still want to do as future goals yeah but first we had to kind of learn the ground we had to lay it down I guess and kind of build and learn about the industry but we're not any younger we see the younger people out there you know, so it's constantly always learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then now, now being part of, the, um, we, we were recently um, picked as part of the TikTok Accelerator. Now this just helps us learn to build our digital career. So at the same time, we're always constantly learning and evolving and things change. Like um, there's also to the negative part of social media. We've gone yeah. through, I don't know how many hurdles of those right you know but they do come they do come you know people will always say something about you I can I can pick a field grow five freaking apple trees grow the beautifulest apples to my ability to what I think is and still be hated for however (laughs) you know so it's like it's it's in every industry 
the way when I look at things like that, there's always that yin and that yang. And as long as you're taking care of yourself when you're attacked online or you have some kind of smear campaign or I always say, you know what, let's take this time to take advantage and market the heck out of whatever we have out there right now. (laughs) You know, so I, I, I look at it as too like I sh- we should be worried when they're not talking about us. You right. know what I'm saying? Like because if they're talking about you, at least you're evoking change or evoking a different thought process in somebody yeah. with what you're doing. You know, yeah, what I mean? you're, you're on not somebody's radar. Even you're actually opening up something in their head that makes them think. Ah, even though either they disagree with you or they agree with you, but if they disagree with you, still they're you're evoking thought change in inside that person. So like for me. I've been in the industry for a long time. I have a big, thick skin for this industry. And it's something that I've been been teaching my wife to a lot is that, you know, like it's it, it, you don't want to waste energy that you could be using you know, towards other projects. And she's been teaching that to me a lot, too. So it's like vice versa when we when we have this music thing that we're doing and the journey that we're on with musically. It's, it's dope because I've been in the industry for a long time, but still I'm learning a lot of stuff from her. You know, and we're learning a lot of stuff together and we're conquering a lot of stuff together. And it's not even like we're trying to go out there and we want to be the best. And and no, it's like we just want to have fun and and show our kids that, you know, music is it could be more than just listening to it. It's timeless. You know, yeah. you you, you don't have to be like some people think, oh, well, I'm too old to be an artist, (laughs) you know, or I'm too old to do this. Mm And I noticed in the state of fashion industry today, like we're ha- we're having models with gray hair now, you yeah. know, and it, and it's the most beautifulest thing ever. You know, yeah. we have a lot of more diversity as to when I started, people were still trying to be more like Twiggy, you know, yeah. <laughs> and and so that was another thing too was growing in these industries was having to learn them, and so as we started growing into the arts more we would start giving back by doing like professional development mm-hmm. you know by teaching younger artists how and we still mentor yeah. them you know they still message us from time to time I still get messages from people that are like hey my daughter wants to be a model how do I do this and so you know when when the time's right I do answer and like but also me too, like I've been out of that modeling industry for a couple of years doing the music now, but still it, it gives me time to go back and learn what's going on there, right? Yeah. Because at some point when I start launching um, Native Model Studio again, we want to start, we want to get into products, mm-hmm. you know, and so we're going to have to be learning about these markets. So this whole music scene and every whatever aspect you're doing, whether it's designing, whether you're making music, making beats, whether you're anything, you know, like it all has its base, I guess. It all has its base and you just grow it. It constantly evolves. And then you're just constantly learning all the time. Hey, what's out there? What's the hottest? Who's doing what? What kind of trends are there? But with now with TikTok, there's a whole new opening into that, like... TikTok is a whole new opening into like entertainment, entertainment mm-hmm. value, and value of of and 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 one of the main thing is entertainment product, entertainment on how much effort you put into something, you know, entertainment. Uh, how, how does it like the way you direct the scene, 
the way you direct yourself, the way you you the content you, you produce, the content you produce, the the digital the digital landscape that you're putting out there for people to laugh at, people to learn from, people this and that. TikTok has made that. But at the same time, like the strategy is, is that okay? Well, we're artists. We're going on to TikTok. We see the sounds. We're using sounds. We see sounds. So why can't people be using our sounds? Mm-hmm. You know, so sounds. so that's where you start building and integrating yourself because you, you like as you start getting noticed as an artist, people start checking or as a TikToker, people mm-hmm. start checking your music. And then so it's all a chance of how you monetize the app. I'm not sure if you're on TikTok, but there's ways you can do it. You can yeah. make money off of it. You can monetize what you're doing by building a good strategy so right? let's talk about tiktok for a bit because you guys kind of like busted out onto this tiktok scene <laughs> so from say if you're just new to tiktok and then you see you guys on tiktok you would think oh like there's this family that are like doing all of these things but people don't even realize like you guys have been doing this for years and years and years and it's like kind of like a culmination of all of your work like you're you you didn't just like decide one day oh we're gonna make tiktoks no it's just like it's just just another expansion of your creative your creative side and so now you guys are being recognized by the tiktok accelerator program and you've made a tiktok with justin trudeau and And like Helen back you you have this one sound that just went completely viral. Can you share? <laughs> Holy fucking deadly man. Yeah, yeah. It was so funny though, like cuz when we were talking about um on TikTok to get like cuz we talk about TikTok quite a bit with our friends or peers. And this and that like like it's 90% of the people we meet nowadays are like it is you. You guys are TikTok, oh my god, where's Lisa? And then you know, if they see me, they know Lisa's around. Or if they see her, they're they know I'm <laughs> you know, it's it's like with, with TikTok, the audience let us reach that a whole different generation of younger cats. You know, like when we first started doing all these funny TikToks when I got sick, uh, we were doing them at such a pace, you know, like I do one and then she do one and we do one together. Then we do more and more and more. We're and trying then, to introduce each other. Like, I, I started growing then he grew. And, and then a lot of people, these younger generation, didn't even know I did music. You know what I'm saying? Like they had no clue who Helen Back was as Helen Back the artist. They yeah. knew me as Helen Back music, the TikTok guy, you know? And, and that opened up that floodgates to start, like Lisa had this idea. And like I or you TikTokers, I see you biting it. <laughs> I, I at least I had this idea to make music videos with the TikTok sounds. So we we would have our music that's already uploaded to TikTok. We take those sounds and she would make like direct the whole video for that like for like a minute, something. a minute that we have our sound on there, you know. But she directed like, a whole video, like a professional. If you look at her timeline and stuff and and you'll see the music videos that she did for Journey, for Pin Me to Wave, uh, you know, like, and these were like top quality. Like, I, I, like I'm from the old school, you know, I remember shooting videos, you know, with big film cameras and all sorts of stuff to get these, these images that she was just doing with her cell phone. So it's like, 
we took that and that was able to open up the floodgates to these youngins and be like, oh, look, they make dope music. So they went to go and check our music and then they started checking, check. But it's funny with the sounds, because when we did, <laughs> I remember the day that we did that sound that went viral and <laughs> we were just dropping off our daughter at daycare. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. and there was this vehicle that was all smashed up that we drove by at first. Then we went to drop off our kid. Then we, when we were coming back, I was like, give me the phone. I'm going to do something. And then we're just joking around, just like just joking around. And next thing you know, holy shit. Like I woke up to like, you know, 50,000 likes and this and that. And then more. And then the next day it was like another 100,000. Then it was like, like, (laughs) and then we all of a sudden everybody started making all these videos. And And I see these videos and I'm like, I can't even keep up with it. There's like 3,000 some odd videos. I I think I watched maybe 2,000 so far but like there's like and, three, and it just keeps growing and like the natives natives are so funny like i like the natives out there even the non-natives who've, who've used it so far have they get it they get our native humor mm-hmm. they get the joke you know what i mean and yeah. it's so, so weird you get the random one person that's like oh why are you being so stereotypical and blah. yeah i mean come on it's tiktok <laughs> yeah, this is supposed to be for fun this is we're we're as natives we can laugh at, at ourselves you know yes. and in turn when it's we the one place I don't mind where, where laugh at, you know yeah it's the one place where people aren't so politically correct you know mm-hmm. what i mean because you know right mm-hmm. now everybody's trying to cancel each other but at least if when you have tiktok you can still make fun and you can still you know revert back to that that humor that we all enjoy and and it's not such a big deal. Well, I think one of the, um, like, for example, I guess the best example that I can say was during the elections last year when we had a, um, a candidate from Cross Lake run for the Kiwi to Nagaski region. And then mm-hmm. she was um, in the liberal campaign and everybody hates liberals. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we were approached by my community to help her in her campaign. And we were like, oh boy, like, how are we going to do this? You know, like, like, we're like, this is the liberals. People are going to hate us, you know? And we're like, <laughs> we, we just, just had, had we, into but it. we're like, hey, let's just do it, whatever. So we had to be with conviction, like, no, this isn't an indigenous. We had to look at it the other way, you know, like, okay, if we get hurt because NDP is such a big majority in our North since I was a kid, mm-hmm. you know? When I was 18, I was voting for NDP because our relatives said that, right? I said, so that stigma was always there to vote for NDP. And then sort of try to change that year of like, okay, let's vote for liberals. Why? Well, because she'll have a seat at the table and she can say no. Yeah. She can be like Elijah Harper and say no, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if we can get her at the seat at the table. So that was a message that we had to send was you know, trying to convince the public to yeah. vote for her. Yeah. And then so we were like, well, the North has a lot of Indigenous young people and people in our generation. And so how do we get into that? And then we're like, okay, well, my generation likes this music. The new generation likes that music. How about if, and then we found the loophole through TikTok mm-hmm. where we can use sounds <laughs> legally without getting any backlash yeah. or in trouble yeah. and and dp tried to report us but they couldn't do anything no. <laughs> with the app so so i'm like okay the best way to do this strategize is why i put helen back's face in front of all these songs to pick up the earworms of all mm-hmm. the songs that we used to hear mm-hmm. 
growing up. And then so that's when we picked like um like Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck and, and Oh man. Just like yeah. different songs from different generations and he would rewrite the lyrics and, and we'd we'd encourage them to vote for and then we are like, we gotta we gotta make this like really indigenous. So we'll call her Auntie Shirley in the lyrics. Oh, and then yeah, and then so we like just to build that relation, you know, and, and so yeah. like Everybody yeah. wants to see Auntie succeed, you and, know? And it's, and it's funny, after a while, it became not like the the Hellenbach and Lisa songs. It, it became, became Auntie, Auntie Shirley songs. And, and so she, we kind of blurred that line and yeah. made Auntie Shirley the main star. So we had we had 25 days in this campaign to mm-hmm. blow her up. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. We used TikTok. Yeah. And we were able to strategize. And wherever we went in Manitoba, even if it was up in the north, they were like, you guys are that one on TikTok. So, you know, and then we got attacked too, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. but by the, everybody, <laughs> everybody was like, don't you, don't you want clean water? You know, of course, of, of course. That's why we put her at the table to say no, you know, right. rather than parking from the walls in the back, you know? Yeah. So, so we had to strategize and and come up with our own rebuttals because people even deleted us from, from yeah. Facebook and, oh, and then, personal. And, and, then we and then so 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 because we got so popular doing that, we blew her up so quickly. <laughs> then um, Justin was coming to Winnipeg and we got a call saying, Do you wanna have dinner uh, meet do you wanna have dinner with Justin? Yeah. Justin. You wanna like, meet whatever. You wanna meet Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Justin. Like, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Who's done with everybody and meet him? beat him <laughs> but, but the thing about it is that he wanted to meet us like well, it was, on, it, was it was so, so we went to his his stop in winnipeg and when we went to go stand with like the chiefs and and we were we were there we showed up and people were like oh my god you guys are those people and we're like yeah and then, and then all of a sudden when he came in like everybody just got up everybody's clapping and the chiefs are all standing together we're like hey let's go stand with them and we're trying to be feel important too standing behind them <laughs> and then all of a sudden like there he was coming we're like justin's coming our hands are sweating no just kidding <laughs> we're like he's coming look he's right there we're just standing there and then all of a sudden, these big men came and pushed me and Carmen off to the side. And we're like, what the fuck? We're like, what? <laughs> and the chiefs were all smiling, getting their hugs and kisses and pictures. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then so we were pushed off to the side. And, and then we're like, what the heck? And then all of a sudden, he like looked right at us. And he's like, he just had this big smile. And he like came and he started like giving us a hug and he hugged Carmen and he's like, I love your music. And then (laughs) he said, said, I know all about you. I know all about you. I listen to you. I'm a big fan. Wow. And then I was like, Oh, great. I, you know, I'm, I need a kidney. (laughs) I I asked him if he can get me a kidney because I'm a kidney patient. He's like, we'll work hard for you. And then, (laughs) then he went off to the next people and then we're like, you know, it could have asked them for clean water. No, I was <laughs> no, just kidding. When he looked into my eyes, it was like looking into my soul. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, he put his hand on my shoulders and, and, and told me and all we're, that stuff. And we're like, and... can you do a TikTok with us? Yeah. He's like, hey, what do I do? And we're like, just go side to side like this. But I didn't have the sound connected yeah. yet. because and the guy the... that was filming. 
didn't know what the, the hell girl, was doing. the girl yeah. that was filming it, didn't know what she was doing, and she was like, "We're like just hit record," and we couldn't hear the sound, <laughs> and it was all off. But anyway, so we're going side, and we're like totally off beat. So then I started power dancing. So then it just got killer butchered online. <laughs> oh, he's such a screw up. Just like every news outlet. Yeah, know? that it even got we got on the front page of the Denver Gazette, and then like. Uh, <laughs> Video went on World Star. Yeah, World like, Star. Oh, hey. was, was My funny. kids were like, "My friend seen you on World Star." <laughs> <laughs> we're like, "What the heck?" Uh, we were the only. Oh my god, like, that's funny, and that's just from TikTok, right? Like this, yeah, yeah, this yeah. has happened because of TikTok. Mm-hmm. This is like blew you guys up. That's crazy. Yeah, while well, we were blowing her up, we were blowing ourselves up at the same time. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the whole thing about it was that, like, in a sense, like, I, I'm, I don't really care when it's like, in a sense, what party it was. Like, it could have been whatever. My whole thing was, we just wanted to get a native in there. You know, that right. was the whole. You know, we wanted to get a native in there, like, she was said, from my community that could say no, like an actual native, one hundred percent from the north that speaks Cree. You know what I'm saying? That was the whole. That that was what the, the focus was. You know, no pretending or yeah, I know Shirley and uh, I really like her. Mm-hmm. She's oh, awesome. I love her. You She's know, like Shirley's the greatest. Shirley's, Shirley's awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I just think that it was well overdue, basically. And yeah. I did not, not mind making up rap songs and making up country songs. So I love helping the women from my community. And now we have Kathy Merrick running. So y'all. Vote for her, Kathy yep. Merrick. Kathy Merrick. Vote <laughs> Kathy Merrick. Right. <laughs> you know, so with TikTok, I, I just I just tell your chief to is, vote Kathy Merrick. I think okay. TikTok is one of the greatest tools out there right now, like either for business or just getting your own thoughts out in a freedom of speech way, you know, like so, I think it's great. I think TikTok is recently best. I've been trying like the whole cooking videos because um like while we're here in Wetasquin, I want like being out here not only helps us find the support that we need, but I want to start doing TikTok videos that are more, maybe I was thinking of of picking one day out of the week and doing like that day to make like a kidney friendly diet, you know, because like diabetes is so rampant in our communities and the Manitoba Kidney Renal Clinic, they were all all in support of everything we did. Um, the Nephrologist Society of Canada yeah. funded our song Kidney Warriors. Yeah. And so, like, we, we still want to continue to create awareness. Yeah. Cause, yeah. You know, like, because ever since we found out about the kidney thing, like, we could have wallowed in our own pity and this and that and suffered in silence. But what would anybody get out of that? You know, like, I, I felt that we had, I had my, my fans and, and they needed, they deserved to know what we were going you know, so in how a sense, long has because it been? we 2019 is when I was like diagnosed, mm-hmm. uh, July 11th, 2019, and July 17th, <laughs> July 17th, oh, yeah, July 11th, July 11th, July 11th, 2019. Like, so I would, and and it's like, I I didn't want to be that one person that just cries every day about this. I wanted to be that one person that could teach other people out there that this wasn't a death sentence. Mm-hmm. That not, no, don't be scared of this. I'm like, well, yeah, you got yourself there, but then what? You know, like, don't be scared and don't be thinking that your, your life is over. My mm-hmm. life, you know, like, I feel like 
that part of my life made me understand that life is just begun in a sense because right. I have I have a bigger purpose on this earth now. We have a bigger purpose on this earth. It's not just to raise our children and and, and all that. It's to also educate others and then help others understand what we're going through. Like ever since then, we've been, you know, like like she said, the Nephrologist Society of Canada funded one of our songs, and that's huge. That's like every uh, kidney doctor in Canada. You know, that's their association. And we're hoping and, to outreach communities here yeah. too, like um, yeah. like surrounding communities, like yeah. Carmen's community. You know, like Manitoba. I mean, Alberta, Saskatchewan. You know, there's a lot of communities here that we can reach out to, mm -hmm. and you know, so yeah, it's definitely something that will keep us busy. And it it, it just basically, uh, like for me and for her also, like the 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 knowledge of of understanding one in three natives in this country has kidney disease or is affected by it, you know? And that those numbers are insane, you know? That means, like, get three of us, five of us together, you know, one of us is either suffering from it, been or on will. hemodialysis or parenthial dialysis for a while, or knows somebody that passed away from it, you know? And those type of things, I don't want people to be scared of, like, those statistics because there's so much other ones about survivors and about diet that you can do about this and that if you change, you know. I went from being this really, really big guy, you know, in a sense to, because I listen to the doctors now and everything, like, this is the first time in my life I'm not diabetic no more. I don't have hypertension, you know, my skin is really, really smooth nowadays. And it's just because I've been listening to the doctors and, and taking that sacrifice, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and then Lisa's... Um, cooking ideas and everything that we she, she she does implement in this in our family has helped tremendously but the move actually like um, for example <laughs> the move it took us about a month and a half of oh, packing man. transitioning unpacking and so now we're just finally getting to like eating regularly eating mm -hmm. at home being normal again but just to show like how that impacted us was that Carmen's recent dialysis test came up with high potassium. Yeah, higher potassium. And so, which regular. means that we ate a lot of takeout food, yeah. you know, and so it, it reflects. So I bought, gonna, my doctor knows. Yeah. You know? So like, like when these levels like protein, potassium, phosphorus, um, like when they get too high, then they start to overwork other organs in his body. And that's where we don't want to go because we want to keep them in that healthy state because he he now is ready to jump through the next hoop of looking for a donor yeah mm -hmm. my body just went through all these stress tests you know i had to run on a treadmill and do all these random things just to mm -hmm. prove that my heart can can withstand so now the next phase is hunting for that you know and then and the thing about it is that i keep i keep saying this joke because i barely ask anybody for ketchup you know, some sugar, you know, I barely ask anybody for anything, let alone an organ, you know, so like, it's, it's, it's going to take some strategy. And like, I just want to go to people and say, give me your organ, or can I have your organ? Or, you know what I mean? I really want the person who, who does decide to do it to really think it because it is a life changing. It is a very, very big life changing like decision. You know what I'm saying? It's not just on my end because on their end, they, they things happen too. Like I've known people who've donated also, 
you know, and, you know, some of them have to take pills and this and that. So it's a change. Mm-hmm. But if they're willing for that change it's and, and really weighing the ups and downs about it, then we can definitely talk because, like, you know, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. You're so right. Like, it does, it affects um, so many of our people. Mm-hmm. So many. Yeah. Well, it comes, it's majority of kidney disease. Chronic kidney disease stems from diabetes. Mm-hmm. Or you could have acute kidney failure, like from a puncture or something from an accident. But I really like the way that you said that, you know, it's not the end. It's just the beginning for you guys. And your body of work, it really shows that like you guys have gone through, you know, so many hard times. And, you know, when you had to go back to school, you know, even like being a struggling student again, still and having going- and having babies having babies and then still wanting to you know also be consistent with your music and still chase that dream and not let that dream die because you have this am I supposed to go off into the corporate world or can I still hang on to my music also that struggle there too yeah yeah like um I think when you start realizing you have like these talents and abilities and especially in this day and time I think that's why there's some heavy discussions today about the pretendian and stuff like that. Mm. And because like, (laughs) like there was a time where our grandparents couldn't even do any of this, you know, they couldn't speak their language. They couldn't, you know, sing on their drums. They couldn't, you know, practice or teach any of their culture, you know, and now today we have all this available money, so to speak, that's there to help us. Right. Like, uh, I mean, like I take that shit serious, you <laughs> yeah. know, because like yeah, the grant money and stuff out there. Yeah. Like the grant money out there that's available for these for us to like, how do you say that for us to be um, like explore your craft and your talents, your creative abilities for us to be uh, sustainable, I guess we have mm-hmm. that ability to be sustainable for me. Like it's it just. I'm for that. I'm for all these programs and funding, right? But it's just, I guess what I can say right now is we're in a good time right now to take the opportunity to access these funding so we can utilize that to teach, you know, our generations, right? And so I feel like because we're at such an important time right now, because we fought for these spaces, we fought (laughs) for these platforms, we've had to go and organize our own events so we could fit somewhere yep. you know and yep. so so I get really offended when we have people taking advantage of our opportunities you know and and I, I feel like in the business world this is something important that needs to be talked about mm-hmm. I guess the importance of indigeneity and you know it's it's a very touchy subject but I know like in our time through our experiences mm-hmm. Our spaces were taken up by these pretendians. <laughs> so, so like, I mean, we're in a very unique time right now yeah. where we have that yeah. right at our freaking hands right here. I think it's great right? to see that we are starting to stand up as Native people and take back our Native pride, our indigeneity, our what makes us us. And yeah, so, like, your voices are being heard. And that's the thing, like as before they, they were never heard, but now your voices are being heard. If you said something, you were looked at negatively, mm-hmm. you know, but now it's like time to change the narrative and to start actually looking from our point of view through our lenses, 
through our shoes, through us who lived as the indigenous child, you know, like mm-hmm. heck, it wasn't easy, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't easy being, being um, an indigenous kid at all, you no. know? And so, so I mean, like the music that I come up with today, I feel is the basis from my own experience that I, that I've been through, you know, like I really put a lot into my music. Um, I don't just hit my drum and say, Hey, yeah, Hey, yeah, ho. Right. There's a process with it. And so that that's what I mean by when we come up with our music, there's always like that respective process of like prayer and, you know, like just it's it's always hard jumping into a new who, mm-hmm. you know, because you don't know who you're going to offend or someone will always be offended, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, it's like just trying, getting uncomfortable to succeed. Yeah, yeah I've, I've said that for a very long time. And, and lately sure. I've been like, feeling it hard you know you like that again like to get uncomfortable to succeed oh, like you gotta have guts you gotta you know, have guts to like try new things and I heard that being said at one time is if you want to try new experiences and you want to make it in your life and make it through these challenges you got to get uncomfortable to succeed oh nice yeah. um what would you say is the is like the mission behind your music is there like an underlying purpose or is there a mis- mission or is there something that is always at the root of the message that you're trying to put out into the world with everything that you guys do? Uh, for you as a writer, what do you think? Man, I have to say like the main thing in the mission of, of, of the music for me has always been in a sense, educating, but not preaching, you know, mm. like it, it, like what we have to say is very important. Like if you open up your mind to listen to our lyrics and open up your mind to actually digest what we're saying in, in music, we're not just trying to shove a bunch of stuff down your throat. We're trying to give you an experience. We're trying to give you an experience of music and we're trying to give you an experience of our past, our culture, our struggle, everything we've been through, we pack it in, in our music, you know? So the main message of it as, as, as a writer's standpoint is for it to, to be catchy enough that you want to share it with your friends, that you want to use it on your rallies, that you want to listen to it while you clean your house. You know what I'm saying? You know, music is that, that release that it, it takes you out of the world that you're in and kind of just like good music, you know, I know good music for me is like, I can just get lost in it. And that's what I want. And that's where we want you guys to get with our music is this, that, that it's timeless, you know, that like, it's not like we want our music, like 20 years from now, somebody just be still bobbing their head to it. Like as if it was made yesterday, you know what I'm saying? So that's the goal and longevity for, for me, for me as um, a contemporary artist, like um, I wanted to honor the legacy of my grandfather, Myrtle Scribe mm-hmm. from Norway house. Um, he was my late grandpa and he told stories of Northern Manitoba. And so, like I said, growing up, I always had that contemporary thought of music, but I've always knew like the traditional songs and the proper sing- songs to sing at protocol and whatnot. But when I wanted to make my album Buffalo and Rabbits, it gave me that opportunity to be more contemporary, right? Like, being the daughter yeah. of a residential school survivor and a mother who went to day school, like I didn't 
have an opportunity to learn my language fluently. I was always exposed to it to understand, but I never spoke it with a full tongue. And so when I wanted to do my album, I wanted to explore that more and kind of like, um, you know, use parts of my language in the storytelling, but the song would be contemporary. And so the songs were just the basically basic compilations of songs from my past um, that I put in this album and I've managed to organize them in a storytelling way so that way um, when I get invited like I I get invited to tell the story of buffalo and rabbits and the story of buffalo and rabbits is Wapus leaves the leaves her nation to seek the story of the round dance because we lost our round dance story a long time ago and so there was an animal who came to dance with the animals in the north a long time ago, and he knew the story. So Wapus goes to get that story, yeah, and brings it back to the nation. Because some some time long ago, there were some people that came there and turned our circle into a square. <laughs> <laughs> so before we have to go, could you? tell us some of the things that you guys are working on right now and some of the exciting things that have that you've had happen and some of the things that you're looking forward to I think one of the exciting things we're doing right now is well first off we relocated to Wetaskiwin Alberta we don't know how long we'll be here but I don't see a rush going back to Winnipeg anytime soon we've done so much there in Winnipeg Um, we feel like we want to grow here in Alberta um, we're going to be finishing our album, um, our the Resilience album. After also, this. we're going to start working on your album. Yeah, and then we're going to work on my album, and we're going to be working on those throughout the winter, I think. Yeah. Well, my album throughout the winter, but we're a couple songs from being done with our the Resilience album. So that's going to come out. Um, we're going to be next, working on this TikTok accelerator yeah, program. Yeah, the TikTok accelerator program. One. Um, we're going to be doing some networking in the communities too, to um, bring some of our talents and strengths, um, wherever way we can be utilized, whether it's facilitating workshops or, you know, or just participating in whatever or doing a show contracting. Or, yeah. Anything, anything. We just love entertainment and we'll bring it to you. And next week we're going to be opening up for Bear Grease yeah. here in Wisconsin, Alberta. <laughs> I don't know if you know the, all-time hottest new musical New. that's out right now called Berry Grease. It was selling out everywhere. It was basically produced by our very good friends, um, Henry. Alladade. Well, Red Cloud. Henry Andre, a.k.a. Red Cloud and Crystal Lightning. She's actually one of the best actresses. She recently, yeah, she recently won Best Actress at the Screenwriters. Yeah, she's been killing it. Yeah, so she's she's, She's, and, and so they have a musical called Bear Grease. And so they're putting that on tour right now. I believe, I don't know, will they be going to Winnipeg? If they go to Winnipeg, be sure to check that out. He was saying out. that they might have a spot in Winnipeg, but if they do, you guys got to get on it. Yes. Like they sell out. Like so we're opening up here in Wetaskiwin. Mm-hmm. So we're just blessed enough. And with that, like some things that inspire us, just on it for me, is just waking up, you know? I, I don't want to get like all sappy or anything, but mm-hmm. like my kidney disease almost took me uh, mm-hmm. three times now, you know? So for me, just waking up, 
chilling with my kids, you know, waking up with my beautiful wife. Like I, I cherish every day, you know, that's what inspires me to make more music and to make more, just seeing the smiles on my kids' face when we all accomplish something as a family. And I'll be working amazing. on my children's story, yeah. Buffalo and Rabbits. I'll be finally putting that to a book. Yeah. And then after yeah. all that, I'm thinking of working on a new album for myself, like a Helen Back solo. Like it's just, we just got to stay busy. Stay busy. That's just the way it is. You got to keep busy. Like, like I said before, like I, I, I worry if people stop talking about this type thing. Right. You know? Just constantly stay busy and keep doing things that break down doors for other people. You know, like I, I always say this one thing to my friends that are doing a lot of good in the music industry and the film industry, whatever industry they are, even if it's like hockey, doc, like wanting to be a doctor, anything like that, you know, you have to really nurture your product. You mm -hmm. have to really treat your product like you treat your family, like you treat your kids. Because when you treat your product and you like you treat that, you can watch it grow and you can see the milestones that are happening. And then when it gets to a point, they'll start taking care of you, you know? And that's what I, I teach my kids fully is that, you know, go 100% in everything that you're doing, no matter what it is, whether it be TikTok, Facebook, whether it be going to be a doctor, a lawyer, whether you want to be the best actress or best actor, whether you want to be the best physical fitness person out there, whether you want to be a bodybuilder, you're going to notice that the more you nurture your product, the more you're going to get out of it and the more that it's going to take care of you and those around you that you love. I, I'm proof positive of that. And I think our new music is just also another thing of proof positive of that too, because I told her when we were going to be, if we're going to do this music as, as the resilience and, and we were named by Crystal Shawanda, you know, Crystal Shawanda was the one that named us the resilience. She gave us the name. Like she, you guys should be the resilience. <laughs> so we, we were the resilience and, and I thought, she knows that we're just going to go gung-ho and it's done so much. It's, it's gone so far what? that I can't, I can't even like fathom right now. Like if you were to tell me last year, two years ago, that we'd have something playing on Virgin Radio, you know, that we'd have, uh, <laughs> like if you, if you look at the Winnipeg City logo ads that are, are, are you can't not hear that without thinking of us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like these things... These things were, were farthest thing from my mind, but because of our focus and because we took our music serious and because we wanted to let people know that, you know, we can mix indigenous music with hip hop music and it can build its own spirit. You know, we believe in that and then we pushed it out and it, like, <laughs> it's still growing. But then we just landed another one on uh, Acting Good uh, yeah. CTV acting good. We just landed one of our songs in that. Oh, you nice. know, and Congratulations. Over, over the winter last year, I, I think me and Shelb, we had our song playing on Hockey Night in Canada. The sky's the limit when you when you focus in, and then make it, you know, your main focus. You got to go 100%. That's what I'm saying. That's my, my main thing for anybody out there that wants to listen. You got to, and if you can't find inspiration, find inspiration within yourself and your wife and your life because you know like you like everything is inspiring you just to gotta ask, find ask me two years ago if i would have if i would have been rapping <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, you know and she's and she's she's one of the dope i'm not just saying this is my wife but she's one of the dopest rappers that i know right now like female rappers y'all gotta y'all gotta get your shit 
tight. Cause you know, <laughs> I got I got someone that's gonna come. <laughs> I got someone that's fire, and she's very well educated and very has very well spoken. So I was scared at first to give it a shot, but like it's fun. Like it's fun performing because <laughs> like I like storytelling anyway, and so. It came pretty, I shouldn't say natural. It just, it was, it was something to grow in. It's something to grow in and I don't mind it. And then that's what, like one of my main things with hip hop is the message, the storytelling. Of it. Yeah. Like I used to always say like nowadays, you know, back in the tribe, they had, you know, their, their singers and they had their, you know, the people that they looked up to that, that passed on the stories. I'd look at, at hip hop artists and, and contemporary artists and rock music and, and nowadays as as those people we're those story keepers we keep that flame alive whether it's like because i know a lot of youth that don't listen to their their moms their dads their elders their police officers teachers they won't listen to anybody but they'll listen to music you know that's where we come in. Yeah, that's where we we come in to carry on that message i know a lot of people that get their morals and shit from music solely, you know? Yeah. So it's like, that's that's where we come in. You know, that's why to me, music is so important as as a message to get the message out because there, there's a lot of garbage out there that can pollute your ears, you mm-hmm. know? So just always understand where that real music comes from and understand where that garbage is. So that's where we, we, we far from the garbage, you know? Awesome. Okay, you guys, I just need to say thank you so much. Like, honestly, my mind is just blown with all the information that you shared. There is so many takeaways from this episode. And I feel like we've only just scratched the surface. Like, we've only just like scratched the surface of your story. So I think that I we definitely need to do a part two and catch up with you guys in the future and then, you know, continue on with some more of the stories and then some more of these, you know, just this helpful information that you guys have. Um, we'll have to invite us to your future events. Yes. Yes. Okay. We will talk again soon. And I want to thank you guys so much for thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening, and I hope you were able to find a takeaway from this episode. Don't forget to share with a friend who may need some motivation today, or share on your social media and inspire all your friends. And if you'd like some live inspiration, join us on December 2nd in Winnipeg at our live event. Just visit www.jillfeatherstone.com for details. Bye for now.